Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 561 podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains and we have a Sen Central citizen on today's show. We're happy to be joined by Robbie McCoy who gets in to his love for the Ottawa Senators. Always great to get back to the Sen Central citizens, Ross, and it's great to get back to playoff hockey. Round two is officially here and we had some good games to kick things off. We'll get into all that, plus another update on Tim Stutzla's left knee. This the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Wednesday, May 18th in Pilsy. Looks like Tim Stutzla is going to be all right. Yeah, thank goodness. And uh, Ross, another nice thing to note is I completely forgot that the Sens uh, athletic therapist is there with them. So that's a blessing that a guy that knows um, Timmy's injury problems with his knee before is right there and can be able to help him as well. So that's a blessing for sure. And the fact that it's not serious, because that would just be classic Sens, you know, like one of their star players tries to play a little extra hockey in the offseason and then he gets injured and then what if he's not ready for next season? Like that would just be absolutely brutal. So thank goodness that's not the case. And now the senators are going to have to decide like how serious is this? Like, are they going to let Timmy continue to play for team Germany or do they just pull the plug? I think it's very obvious that Sens fans, sorry, I'm a, I'm a team Germany guy, but Sens first, you got to pull the plug on Timmy. He can't continue here. Well, Sen's Twitter officially runs the franchise, so I think we can just put out a vote. We do have a poll we want to get into in a minute, and one that I don't think there's a there's no right answer because I want to keep them both. But we'll get to that right before we get to our Sen Central Citizen. It is a very what would you call it divisive poll. It caught Craig Button's attention. He gave me the double Y's. He gave me why why. (laughs) <laughs> I, think, I don't know I, I don't know if it's so divisive as it is people just being like we don't want to have to choose like I don't think yeah. people are strongly on one side or True. the other yeah like the poll remember when I put out who's going to have the higher upside Pinto or Norris and it was like 99% Norris <laughs> <laughs> whoops I mean fair old, old takes fair what's the opposite of old takes exposed because this is old you takes know what? remain I don't know. yeah old takes remain new what is old is new again with that poll. But Pilsy, you're right. It's great that Tim Stutzler has doctors who are familiar with him yeah. in uh, Helsinki where they're playing in, in Finland for the World Championships. It's a sprained knee. So not the end of the world. It looked like it could have been way worse. We had people on our Twitter at Send Central saying it looked a lot like John Tavares' broken leg in the Olympics. The same type of play as he went into the boards and it went in awkwardly. And we know Tavares missed uh, about seven or eight months with that injury back in 2014 and no not just the amount of time that the Leafs have after the first round going in to next season that was a tough injury and one of the reasons why I think 
the NHL owners were like, we don't want to send players to the Olympics. Like we saw it with Dominic Hasek, although the guy was killing it in practice. He just wouldn't play. Whereas for Tavares, like he goes over there. He's the heart and soul of the New York Islanders at that point breaks his leg like what the hell are they supposed to do the rest of the year yeah and and who cares if insurance covers it like that's no. that's the least of their concerns here when you lose one of your top players for a season yeah it doesn't cover the playoff loss revenue tell you exactly. that much yeah so, or even uh, regular season loss revenue honestly yeah i mean those are type of players that put asses in seats as yeah. we've been saying about timmy superstar forever so fantastic news that he only has a knee sprain he wants to play and by the way this information all courtesy of Gord Miller, who's doing the play-by-play for TSN overseas. And just shut it down. Just shut it down. You don't need to push it, Timmy. It's all good. Go home, get some rest, recover, and then you have probably the biggest season of the next decade coming up. This is the year where he's going to decide whether he's getting 9 or $10 million per season on his next contract. Or if it's going to be closer to seven and eight in that range, do you think that that's a fair way to look at this upcoming year for Tim Stutzla? I mean, that's so hard to predict because after this, the second half of the season he had here, yeah, it's just been going up and up. But Ross, if I'm Tim Stutzla, of course I want to go back and play for Team Germany because he's not going to have an opportunity to play in the World Championships in the upcoming year. The Sens are going to be deep in a playoff run. So this might be his last uh, chance here. So I can't blame him there. No, very fair. Well, we know Tim Stutzel has dominated wearing the Team Germany jersey before at the World Juniors, a tournament where both Ridley Gregg and Shane Pinto have also participated in. And that leads us to the poll we discussed very quickly at the start of this show and it's one I had to put it out there because I had seen multiple multiple trade offers online where Shane Pinto was going in for Fiala he was going in for other players somebody just sent me the most wild trade request of all time giving up Pinto Foreman to Thompson Greg seventh overall and next year's first for Brad Marchand Holy Jesus, smoking, no way, Jose. That to say, Shane Pinto, Ridley Gregg, both centermen. I know Ridley's played a little wing in the past. If you've seen how the Senators have used him throughout his time in the organization, preseason, his time in Belleville, they see him as a centerman. Brandon saw him as a centerman. Not me, the team. The team, the Brandon Wheat Kings. Nice. That to say, for next season, I'm of the mind Ridley should be the number one center in Belleville next year. Kill it. Go down, be an offensive weapon, get some suspensions out of your system so you don't have them at the next level. But between him and Shane Pinto, we put out this, and maybe this is just sadistic, and maybe it's just we wanted to just cause a stir. We did. 3,000 votes. It's been 12 hours. If you could only keep one, Pilsy, Shane Pinto or Ridley Gregg, who are you keeping? It's Shane Pinto, and for multiple reasons, and and you laid it out in an earlier tweet, the trade value you would be receiving from other teams for Shane Pinto, who's only played 17 NHL games and has had injury problems, would be at an all-time low right now, right? So you're not going to get proper trade value in the return. That's reason number one. Reason number two, I feel like he... Oh, that's too many fingers. Math guy. Reason number two is... 
he slots in so perfectly as a third line center. You've already got your number one and number two. You can flip Norris and Stutzla however you want in the future. I don't care. They're your number one and two center for the long-term future here. And then Shane Pinto is perfect for your third one. Like Ian Mendez's article where he outlines what he thinks next season's roster could look like with Norris, Stutzla, Pinto, Kaslik as your one through four centers is perfect. Everyone is exactly where they should be. And the fact that Shane Pinto can kill penalties, we saw what he's able to do in the faceoff dot at North Dakota. Now, does he still have a lot of work to do in the NHL? Of course. But he's with that shoulder. But he's only played 17 games. And Ross, this this team's record when Shane Pinto is in the lineup versus when he's not. It's such a difference. And that's when he was playing as a second-line center in his rookie season. So imagine what he could do with a little more size, a little more experience, and being on a third line where he's up against lesser quality opponents. And if he was on a third line with Formanton and Brown flanking him on the wings, that just looks so great to me. So for me, it's got to be Shane Pinto. Underrated part of this as well, and I was telling you this off-air earlier, Josh Norris, left shot. Tim Stutzla, left shot. Ridley Gregg, left shot. Mark Kaslik, left shot. How how many lefties do you need in the lineup? Like at some point, you need to be able to have a, a righty who can hop in there at the right time and, and make sure that something's going on. Sorry, Kaslik shoots right as well, but he's a guy who's a fourth line guy. You don't need him in those high pressure, high leverage situations. But out of your top three centermen, you probably want one righty in there. And with Norris and Stutzla, both lefties, I think that that's probably, if, if there's nothing else that's leaning you towards Pinto, to me, that is a deciding factor to all this. And maybe some people will tell me I'm crazy. That's fine. I mean, there are some people in um, in the comments. I'm kind of scrolling down here. Craig getting a good laugh out of us here. The double Y. But you know what? I think people are, are pretty much putting aside the fact that this guy was so dominant in yep. North Dakota. Like, it's not like he's up and coming right now. Ever since they drafted him, this guy's just skyrocketed his value. And then now, I guess, out of sight, out of mind, Pillsy, that's what it's got to be. Missed 77 games this past year. Yeah, and that's the tough part. Uh, and look, I love Ridley Gregg, but I really see him projecting more as a winger at the NHL level. I, I think he can be an effective center in Belleville. We'll see how it goes. But whereas Pinto... He, he doesn't project better as a winger rather than a center. So I think that's some value there. And if you need to use Ridley Gregg to acquire some uh, NHL veteran talent, you've got a guy in Tyler Boucher who's kind of your Ridley Gregg insurance. He plays a similar game. He's just a little farther down the line. So I think that's why it makes more sense. Whereas I don't think you really have a Shane Pinto in, in your prospect pipe pipeline that could come up and replace him. Unless, of course, you're talking about Ridley Gregg. So <laughs> I think that's why. And look, both these guys have been on our show. We we love Shane Pinto. We love Ridley Gregg. So we don't want to lose either of them. Let's preface with that. But yep. if you're forcing me to choose, I'm keeping Shane Pinto all day, every day. If I put neither as one of the options, this might have been the most lopsided poll of all time. Definitely. Yeah. Of all time. So if you're just listening, I've been scrolling through all the replies. Stefan really kind of summing it up well. I feel dirty after voting. Trade the whole B-Sense team and keep these two. <laughs> and then we've got some good gifts in there as well. Some people saying that Shane Pinto's shoulder makes him expendable. But as you can see from the votes here, 2,600 votes. 72% so far saying keep 
Shane Pinto. And ultimately, you know what, Pilsy, just keep them both. How about that? Yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right. And I'm okay with getting to our Send Central citizen right now. That was just some good fodder on Twitter at Send Central. You can follow the show on Instagram as well. And please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It really helps us grow. And not only like and subscribe, but if you leave a comment yesterday, you were complimenting Pilsy's hair that looks perfect right now. Today, Thanks. you can comment. Uh, it's like 16 minutes into our chat with Robbie. But I want your initial reaction when you see me reacting to a ghost, pretty much. The power <laughs> flickered in my apartment, and I looked like I just saw a ghost. I'll probably grab that as the thumbnail photo for today's nice. show. But I look absolutely stunned. So go have a comment. Hopefully that gives you a little bit of a laugh there as well. But the YouTube is growing. It really helps us out. And uh, we can't appreciate your support enough especially Pilsy. You want to tell these good people how many Send Central Citizen t-shirts we have left? Zero. We have sold out all of our Send Central Citizen t-shirts and that that just feels so amazing. Like we can't thank you guys enough. Not only that, <clears throat> I think a lot of people wanted to buy shirts to, to get an amazing shirt. You can't blame them there. But Sick. a lot of people, a big reason they mentioned to us that why they wanted to buy the shirts was these shirts, we receive 100% of the pro um, uh, of the profits. And a lot of people just said, hey, what's the best way we can support you? We said the shirts. They said, sign me up. I want a shirt. So that just warms my heart knowing you guys are trying to support us. And uh, hey, it was a successful thing selling 50 shirts. Uh, Ross, I never thought we'd be uh, merchandise guys. Thanks, they didn't. Guys. They didn't teach merchandise and retail sales at the College <laughs> of Sports Media, but here we are. We're doing it, and uh, it worked out great. So we can tell you for sure we will be designing more merch, maybe shirts and hat combos, something like that, Ooh. to be ready for the home opener for another meet-and-greet event because we want to be there to give you the merchandise ourselves. So get ready for that, and make sure if you're interested in merch, you get in your request fast because – when, when they're gone, they're gone. Like, we're, we're out now. Sorry. So if you guys want a shirt, we, we don't got them anymore. So make sure <laughs> you get on top of that next time we uh, unveil our next design. No risk, no fun. Maybe we'll double up the intake next time and yep. see what we can move here on Locked On Senators. We're always moving built bars on Locked Ooh. On Senators because summer's here. You're out more often. And when the sun's out, you're more likely to sweat. Therefore, you got to replace that with not only fluid, but with a delicious treat that tastes like a candy bar but gives you all the protein that you need from those other protein bars it's that but with the great flavor of built bar they're healthy and delicious no more sacrificing delicious food for health all built bars and built puffs literally a protein infused marshmallow are you kidding me they're 100 covered in real chocolate that means that you can actually enjoy these if you're a chocolate lover like pilsy have you tried these puffs i'm going crazy for the puffs I love the churro puffs, churro flavor with all the chocolate outside. Who doesn't want that? They're only 140 calories as well. I did not say 1,400. 140 calories. Sign me up for that. Go to Built.com right now and see all the favorites. You can still get the mixed box of Built Bar. Those are unbelievable as well. They're all delicious. New flavors coming out all the time. It's my homepage. Don't tell anybody I said this, but it's my homepage on the internet. Check them out at built.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. 
All right, Pilsy, before we get to our Send Central citizen, we just want to wish Roger Lajoie well. The tweet went viral over the weekend. He was talking about Barry Trotz coming to Toronto and everyone was getting on him. I want to say that his resignment from the organization, he was the director of marketing. He resigned. He put out a tweet yesterday. Of course, he was our teacher at the College of Sports Media. We know that he's the type of guy that has his hands in a million different things. It's just the type of person that he is. And in his release, I'll, I'll let you react to it first. I'll read part of his release, but wish him nothing but the best going forward. Yeah, I mean, uh, Rod has done a lot for us, uh, a lot for me as well behind the scenes. So uh, I, I'm not someone dancing on his grave that he's uh, left this job at all. But uh, I think I think it was time for him to kind of get all his eggs in one basket here. It's tough to be the host of a Toronto sports radio show while working for the Ottawa Senators. Not, not only just like conflict of interest, but just geographically, right? Like that's a, that's a tough thing to do. So wishing Raj the best and uh, continue listening to him on uh, 590 The Fan. Yeah, no doubt. It just, the one note here that really caught everyone's attention is, uh, so the job of director of marketing of the Ottawa Senators is an important one, and it also is one that requires complete 100% attention to that task and nothing else, as I have firsthand seen since coming here. It is for that reason that I have resigned from the position today. So he's obviously a good friend of Eugene Melnick, going back to their days with the St. Mike's Majors. So there's obviously that connection there between them. And, of course, the Senators are now going in a different direction. So first Pierre Maguire, now Roger Lajoie. It seems like there is going to be a lot of change in the front office. And we'll be there with you every step of the way here. Locked on Senators. We're trying to make it just a little bit better to be an Ottawa Senators fan each and every day, Monday through Friday, wherever you download your podcast and on YouTube. If you're new to the show, you should check out the playlist that should be coming up right over there because we've been keeping track of our Send Central citizens from time now. We've probably done over 80 over close I to can't even keep these. track, honestly. Yeah, we've done a lot, uh, which is a testament to you guys being fans and wanting to come on the show. Yeah, one of our favorite segments where we have yeah. a listener on the show to discuss how they became a Senators fan, discuss their favorite memories, and their takes on the team today. So without further ado, let's get to this week's Send Central Citizen. It's Robbie McCoy. All right, we now welcome on this week's Send Central Citizen. We're going to the nation's capital. Bring it on, Robbie McCoy. You can follow him on Twitter at Rob underscore McCoy 08. Rob, what's going on, buddy? How are you today? Not so bad. How are you guys doing? Doing fantastic. Now, we always start these off with an easy question. How'd you become an Ottawa Senators fan? And I feel like where you're based, it might be an easier answer than we get from most. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a lot easier. So I'll I'll go with the one where my parents found out that I'd be a Sens fan, and then I'll go with the one where I realized I was going to be a Sens fan. So I don't remember this one, but I think I was probably six or seven and the Sens were in the playoffs and I think they lost. They lost in the second round and I had watched every game with my dad and I, my parents remember me crying saying, oh, I miss the Sens. I, I want the Sens to play. I'm going to miss them playing. And I cried all night, but that was, uh, that was the one I didn't remember. And then one I do remember was when Alfie scored the OT winner. We were in my buddy's basement. All the families were watching it. And it was just a big dog pile in front of the TV after he won that we were going to the cup final. So it was, uh, those are probably the memories that I remember the most. But that and meeting uh, Vermette before going to play out on the, uh, on the ice where the CT, at the CTC. So 
Nice. Yeah. It sounds like you became an Ottawa Senators fan at a great moment in the, in the franchise and you're an Ottawa area guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Born and raised here. Nice. That makes it a lot easier to, to like the team. So you mentioned a couple of guys, Alfie, Vermette. Who are some of the other guys that in your early stages of Sens fandom really kept you hooked to this team? Well, as much as I hate to say it now, it's I really like Danny Heatley. Oh, yeah. As much as I hate to say it now. But other than that, it was uh, it was probably Fish. I loved Fish. He, uh, he played the way I, I like to play and just pester guys and mm. piss guys off. And it was, uh, it was really fun to watch him play. So that was probably my favorite guy. And Mike Fisher had this one moment in the Stanley Cup finals where he just, I forget it was Travis Mullen, was a big guy, maybe even Getzlaff, but he just grabbed him and like pile drived him into the ground after whistle. You could just tell like the brute strength this guy has. But I want to go back to Danny Heatley because you say that maybe you're not so proud of that right now. Yeah. Are we really going to hold the grudge more than a decade? I've always been on the side that, you know what, time heals all wounds. This guy put up not one, but the two best goal scoring years in this franchise history, nonetheless. Yeah, and about I, three of the four, he had 41 goals in one of yeah. his other years. Like, will well, you ever forgive him for the way things left? I, I think we have to think of it the way I was. I was a, I was an eight, nine year old kid at the time. And he was my, he was my favorite player. He scored so much. He was leading, he was leading the Sens top of the league in points. And he just left. And to me, it was my, my, my favorite hockey players leaving town for money and well, got you used to that. Yeah. Yeah, You got me on that one, but uh, no, when it comes to Danny Heatley though, man, like I get why he's a polarizing figure, but at the same time, what, wait, let me ask you this way. What bothered you more? Maybe at that age, you were just more emotional rather than thinking about what part of it bothered you most. Was it the initial trade request or this is what kind of bothered me more is the fact that they had a trade ready for him to Edmonton. And he's like, you know what? I want to trade, but I'm not going to go there. That was the one that stung me more later on before. I, I didn't know much about trades or draft picks yeah. or anything like that when I was younger. So it was me just, he wants to leave. Why would he want to leave Ottawa? Ottawa is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where I was born, it was where where it's all where I've always been. It's a great place. So I was I was always stunned on why he wanted to leave and that he wanted to leave. So it was definitely more emotional. But now it's now I I do realize I can't really hold the grudge on him because he was that good of a player and he wanted to get paid, and I wouldn't do it now. But back then, that was the that was the thing for me. That was all, uh, all time. Excuse me, all time jersey customization. You know how like Heatley 15. I would remember going to the CTC or Scotiabank Arena back then. Scotiabank Place, I should say. Heart of enemy territory can have the arena line. Um, and people would take off the E from heat and then take off the L and the Y and it would just spell hate. So the jersey would say hate 15 on the back. And then you saw some with the taped over Smith when Zach Smith took number 15 after that. But Danny Heatley was a part of the team that made it to the Stanley Cup final. I want to ask you, Robbie, well, I'm going to take out one series because you already told me that's where your love for the Sens came. Outside of that win over Buffalo to go to the Stanley Cup final, do you have a favorite playoff series even more recently or in the earlier days of your fandom? Um, yeah, I'll probably say the 2017 run when we played, uh, Boston in the first round. Yep. Remember I went to, 
we were lucky enough where I told, I talked my parents into either getting jerseys, buying jerseys off of some sketchy website or getting tickets to the game. So we ended up going to the game. Um, and that was the first game of the season and then, or first game of the playoffs. And so they then lost we went, that one, right? They lost that one. Yeah. They lost and in like it, the but, last two minutes, right? It was like a little pesky goal from, from Marchand or something off to the side. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly Brutal. right. So, and then we're, uh, I was at work one day and it was, we were finishing early. We finished around two o'clock and there was like a three o'clock start for the game. So me and one of the guys decided we'll go and try and scalp tickets. We went and scalped tickets. And that was the game where Carlson walks it all the way around the, uh, all around the offensive zone. And then, dishes it over to uh, Broussard to tap it in the empty net. And that game watching Phaneuf score that, that overtime goal to oh. win the game was nuts. The people outside were going crazy. It was so much fun. Pilsy, not a big deal. Kid goes to games one and two. Why not? When you make the playoffs, you got to get to as many as you can. I want to rewind the clock, though, in that game. You mentioned the Carlson play. What was going through your mind when you see Craig Anderson wander out to the blue line give up the puck and then they score. And that was to go down two goals. You're like, all right, well, we're going down two nothing in the series at home. I'll tell you what, I completely blacked out. I don't even remember no. that part. <laughs> that's probably for but the best. Th- that sounds like Anderson, Andy though. He loves to, <laughs> he loves to leave the net. Well, Hey, put the exclamation mark on it. The end, the eventual goal came off of a wraparound where it came out front. So that's, that's your automatic guarantee goal. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it sounds like you got a chance to go to a bunch of uh, Sens games being in the area. Is, is there other Sens moments that you got to witness live that really stick out to you? Even if they're not big, big game moments, just like sweet highlight real plays. I thought you were going to say, even if you blacked out during the Yeah, game. even if you blacked out. Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah watching the replays after. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's one that I was, again, I was a little kid, but it was the game that we met Vermette. So here they have this, uh, they had this thing where, the minor hockey teams could go and play a game before before the team would play, and you'd, all the kids would get tickets, and the parents would get tickets to the game. Yep. So they were playing Tampa, and Vermette came in, and chatted with us. I don't even remember what he said, but we're sitting up in the sitting up in the nosebleeds, and we're watching the game. And Vermette puts the puts his stick between his legs, flips it over whoever was in net's shoulder. Uh, at the side of the net. And I remember I used to watch that all the time. I thought it was my little, my little pump up thing. Just watch a, watch him flip the puck over his, over his shoulder there to score. It was uh, it was an awesome goal and oh. great memory. We got to find that highlight. That sounds sick. Yeah, oh, we yeah. definitely have to find that highlight. That's awesome. Well, I want to get into the team today with you as well, because you know, you're looking for those glory years, that 06, 07, that uh, man, those two years were so much fun. You mentioned guys like Vermette was like a fourth line guy. Still putting up 18, 20 goals a year. It was truly amazing how much depth they had throughout their offensive lineup. And then you got the decor. Don't even have to get me started on the A train and 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 uh, Chara and Red and Phillips, all those guys. But this iteration, the Senators are still looking to find their way. There's a few pieces who you can put in in stone that are going to be here over the next long term. How do you think Dorian should have attacked this offseason? What needs to be done? to make sure that this is a team that if nothing else are pushing for a playoff spot. Well, I definitely think it's that you got to find that top six forward, just like everybody's been saying on Twitter, it's got to find that top six forward to play with Stutzla, but whether it's Fiala or Keller, which I completely disagree with or uh, Dubois or something like that, somebody like that to fit in the line with him, 
uh, it's got to be that. And then you've got to fit somebody in the decor there just to kind of fill her to make that make that buffer room for JBD or Lassie to come in. What uh, I noticed you said you don't like the Keller uh, idea. What what hinders you on that? I, I'm a big uh, Keller guy, so I'd be down for that. Okay, I, I just to me he just seems kind of like a almost like a smaller winger, and I think I think Stutzlow the way he plays, he's a big guy. He he does have he is strong, but I think he needs one of those guys that makes a little bit more room for him. And whether it's okay. a little bit more room with skill and size or just size. I think he needs that to make that extra step. I think. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he's he's down there uh, in Arizona. His numbers jump out though, right when I click on it. You know that it would include the friendship tour, though. Him and yeah. uh, him and Brady Kachuk, good buddies. So you can't underestimate that when you've got uh, when you've got so many connections on the team already. But I hear you. Like you mentioned, Dubois. I don't know if he's available. He's a guy who would certainly be of interest. We were talking even when he was in the trade rumor mill from Columbus that. He would be a great addition. But th- at that point, it was more as a centerman. But I see him, and ironically enough, another guy who just left Winnipeg, but Andrew Kopp is kind of like that center slash wing, but brings so much power to their game. I could see him fitting in with some good playmaking ability as well. And, of course, Kevin Fiala, we, we know that that's kind of the name that's been bandied about the most. But with good reason, like Minnesota can't keep him. There's just no way – that they can. And from Elliot Friedman yesterday saying that Ottawa and New Jersey are the two places that make the most sense with LA being his speculation because they want to take another step as well. I still think Philip Forsberg ends up in LA. And that's the thing when we're doing all these predictions, Robbie, you can't worry about, or you can't have the free agents as much as the trades because like Philip Forsberg, he would be such a sick addition to Ottawa. He's not coming here. here. He's not coming here. His price tag is going to be unreal. Oh, it's yeah. yeah like he's going to make what eight and a half. You think is probably reasonable north easily. of eight for sure. Yeah, 12 yeah. and a half to come to Ottawa. If I'm his agent, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I'm not uh, kidding. If I, if I, if I have the choice between going to LA or staying in Nashville and you want me to go to Ottawa, I definitely want more money too. hundred percent. Yeah. And not only, like, yeah, just the atmosphere in Nashville in the arena, let alone everything else that goes along with it. The, the low state tax and all that, like just not happening. We already have one Forsberg, man. How many you need? Yeah, exactly. No, but I agree with you. And especially on the back end, like, like even would you be content if it's another like Nick Holden type who comes in on the back end? Oh yeah. I'm happy with, I'm happy with that. I think I watching that game seven for Calgary, watching good Branson as much as I, I hated good Branson here too. I, I look at him there and you see that he's, he's not struggling the way he did in Ottawa. Yeah, He looked good. He looked good. He looked in game good. Seven, he looked good. So why didn't he fit in in, in Ottawa? I well, think Zadorov it's against Shabbat, man. Who do you want as your partner? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's just who do you you need to be able to fit guys into in the right spots? So Gabranson just wasn't in his right spot playing with either Mete or Branstrom, right? He yeah. he needs he needs another guy that's just going to shut down. So is that the Nick Holden type to put him with him and he'll do well, or you need to find another guy who's going to be able to fit a role fit the role that Nick Holden does too and uh, just help these guys mature more and develop more. Just before we move off the decor, here's a, here's a hard hitting question for you. Nikita Zaitsev has two years left on his contract. Will he ever play a playoff game as a member of the Ottawa senators? (laughs) No, because if we have him next year, we're not making the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's not happening. And then I think if we have him next year, we still we're gonna we're gonna get rid of him. And if we don't get rid of him, we'll still <clears throat> we'll still either eat his contract and he won't play in the playoffs, or he'll uh, we won't make the playoffs again. Yeah, Pills, you got anything else for Robbie? Yeah. So unfortunately, Ottawa Senators are used to getting very excited about the draft. That's the thing we get most excited about in the off season. Ooh. But this year, seventh overall. We're looking to make a step in this offseason. How do you feel about the idea of do we keep the pick? Do we trade the pick? Where are you on that side of the argument, Robbie? Well, I think you guys are bringing this up because of what I've been, uh, what I talked to you guys on Twitter about. But uh, with one, one of my things was with New Jersey wanting um, Fiala. It's not a good trade for them to trade their second for Fiala. That's just not, that doesn't line up to me. Yeah. So for them, it would be, I would trade our seventh and somebody else to New Jersey and then have New Jersey move our seventh for Fiala if we weren't going to be able to get Fiala. But So you want to use the pick to move up in the draft rather than acquire veteran talent? No. Well, I, I guess I'm saying that as in if we can't get Fiala and New Jersey's going to get him, I want to try and get a piece of what New Jersey's going to move for Fiala. Huh, but I, okay. would ra- I would rather wow. get Fiala or I'd rather... Or I'd you rather got, get you got Ross all out of sorts here. No, my do you not see how my light just flickered? Oh, got no, a bit of a storm that. here. <laughs> Dude, they put me in an absolute pretzel. <laughs> maybe it's Anyways, just continue. Maybe your lamp's just thinking I'm going too big brain, but <laughs> no, maybe. All right, well, if you're moving up, uh, wait. So that's the last thing I heard, and then a flash went. Maybe it's the lightning that struck in my room. But that being said, what what are we doing here in the draft? I um I would either want Fiala. Or I would want to just take the pick. I think. Keep okay. Pick. Take take I, the pick at seven. Yeah, take the pick at seven. Um, four I, D. Do you care? Or, or a D, but I think we don't for to pick to trade our seventh for a D. I don't think that makes sense because we're gonna try and trade our D for or trade for a seventh or seventh pick for a D. We're gonna be getting a top two. We should be getting a top two uh, defenseman, and we don't need a top two defenseman anymore. We yeah. got Shabbat and we got Chris Anderson and. Hopefully Brandstrom steps it up or who knows. Yeah. Got a uh, big old zoo back there too. Oh yeah. Forgot about zoo. How can I forget about him? Oh, man. <laughs> we will. We won't let that happen, man, but we do appreciate yeah. you coming on, man. This has been a great chat, Robbie. And Hey, we're, we're going to have to do this again down the road coming up to next season. And we'll discuss Nikita Zaitsev's hall of fame career in a little more detail. And we'll see <laughs> if you've maybe loosened your hatred for Danny Heatley, but man, this has been a great chat, Robbie. Thanks for joining us. Great. Thanks, guys. Stick taps to Robbie for joining us. Great conversation with him. We appreciate all the Send Central citizens for coming on the show. Make sure you go give him a follow on Twitter as well. At Rob underscore McCoy 08 is where you can find him there. Pillsy, I think you got a word from one of our favorite sponsors here. Then we'll get into some NHL Stanley Cup playoff talk where the Senators remain the main character. And also, Ross, shout out to uh, Robbie. He's got his hands everywhere in the hockey game. He's a ref. He's a coach. I'm sure he plays as well. So this is a hockey guy through and through. It's great oh, chat yeah. with uh, with Robbie there. And guys, look, in these times, car parts, gas, everything to do with your car is expensive. So why not save a little money where you can? And the way to do that is to go to rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes, models it's so hard for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need so 
why sit in their crappy waiting rooms with the garbage coffee and the magazines that are three years old waiting to see if they can get parts in when you can do that on your own computer or mobile device you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket save time and money when using rockauto.com why would you spend 30 50 or even 100% more for the same parts. Don't do it. I wouldn't do it. Ross wouldn't do it. Nope. We don't want you to do it. Just as an example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from the chain store. How about $216 from Rock Auto? That's some sweet savings right there. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over two decades. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every single customer, and they got everything. You need brake parts? Check. Tail lamps? Check. Motor oil? Check. Even new carpets if they get ripped up or you spill a milkshake or something on it. RockAuto.com is the place to go. Go explore their easy-to-use website and find a solution for all your auto parts needs. Go to RockAuto.com right now, right now, and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, Pilsy. So we've got the Stanley Cup playoffs round two underway. My Tampa Bay Lightning get the victory in game one. They win 4 1, but not without a little controversy because. The Florida Panthers thought they tied it up at two, but the puck clearly hit the mesh. And uh, both, uh, both of those goals for the Florida Panthers, yes, one came back, were scored by none other than former Ottawa Senator Anthony Duclair. Hashtag sends abroad. The Duke. And that's that's uh, that was a big game for him because uh, he was a healthy scratch earlier. But, Ross, I don't know about controversy, though. That was about the easiest uh, goal disallowed call that uh, has to ever happen when they see it on the replay. Well, yeah. Well, it would have been the easiest if they just didn't screw it up in the first place. But th- were you watching that live? I was yeah, watching well, I- that live and... Like, I just thought, like, I thought Vasilevsky had it and the whistle was blown and it was a dead play. And then all of a sudden right. the goal light's going on. I was like, what the yeah. hell? My reaction was the same as yours in uh, in the Sen yeah. Central <laughs> Citizen interview, huh? What? Huh? That was wild. Man, I've never seen anything like that happen. But uh, That's the lightning. Yeah. Man, they, how, about, how about the hit? Did you think that was a penalty on McDonough? I thought that was a perfect hit. Yeah, I, I just watched the replay now. How's that interference when the guy has the puck in, in his like, hand? You cannot, like it down. you cannot have more possession of a puck than literally holding it in your hand. So yeah. that's a weird call. Maybe the refs uh, round two, it's uh, it's getting to them. They need some built bars to get their protein up so they're oh, yeah. fueled and ready to go here. But the thing I want to highlight the most about this game, Ross, Before is... Before you move on, can I just say he looked like Ed Reed coming across the middle there? Because it looked like Lomberg had just like caught a big pass. He was like trying to grab it in NFL style and put it down. And he just right to... No head contact. Like that's yeah. why I think he kind of looked like a safety because he bent his knees so much. He timed it, and Lomberg's a little bit of a shorter guy. He timed it that he just put him right in the ice. That to me was textbook hockey. But alas, two minutes. Yeah, they didn't score on the power play though because of that blown call. It's too bad. But yeah, the thing I want to highlight about this is still no Braden Point for the Tampa Bay Lightning, which is a massive. Massive loss, but Corey Perry's sitting on that line, and he wow. he put away a beauty goal, which really the the highlight play was Kutrov's assist. But then look at the other guys that are scoring here: Ross, Corey Perry, uh, Pierre Edward Belmar, 
Then Ross Colton gets the last goal. Nikita Kucherov scores. Uh, he's usually uh, very commonly seen on the score sheet in the playoffs. But I just want to highlight that the Tampa Bay Lightning, that's a championship team that if a guy like Braden Point is knocked out of the lineup, those bottom six guys can step up and they can score as well. That's why they get it done where teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs, they can't get it done. Pilsy, guess, uh, guess how many forwards played over 20 minutes last night for the Tampa Bay Lightning? Uh, I'm not going to look at the box score. I have it up here, so I'll just guess. Don't look. Three? Two. Can you name them? Kucherov, Stamkos. Kucherov and Nick Paul. Oh, nice. Nick Paul, 20 minutes and two seconds, 61% in the faceoff dot, four shots on goal. an assist. An assist, like stud. Absolute stud. And so is Matthew Joseph, but like, you knew, you could just tell from the way that he plays, his size, his tenacity, he was going to be a playoff performer. And, and to put him in a situation to succeed like he is in Tampa, this guy is going to get paid. Big time. And, and I'm, I'm calling four by four for his next contract. I wouldn't want the sense to sign to that contract. I no, think he, but- it could work somewhere else, but... Uh, yeah, he's, he's raising his value, that's for sure. And that's why the Tampa Bay Lightning, like Pierre Dorian said, when they were shopping Nick Paul, eh, no, nothing's really hitting. Ooh, Matthew Joseph, now we're talking. Like That's why Tampa was willing to give up a guy like that because they didn't need another Matthew Joseph skilled guy um, in the lineup type. They needed a guy that... They got that, skilled guys. Yeah, they got some, that's for sure. They needed a guy that... Had a lot of legs in him. Nick Paul, this is his first time in the NHL playoffs. They needed a guy who... AHL, bro. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) they needed someone that can kill penalties, play tough, and they can put him in spots where he can show that offensive flair. And people forget, Nick Paul has one hell of a shot. Like, his shot is incredible. He doesn't always get in the best opportunities to use it, but when he does, he can put the puck away. Hardest shot like in the Ottawa Senators. In seven. Yeah, a couple couple years ago, he had the hardest shot in the Sens at the skills competition. So that was that, that's those are the kind of trades I want to see, like trades where both teams give up a good asset, but it works for their situations. Great hockey trade. Yeah, hundred percent. Shout out Nick Paul, man, literally doing it all. And tonight we've got the other Eastern Conference series, the Rangers and Carolina Hurricanes. We previewed all the series earlier on this week. Now Colorado, they broke through, but it did not come easy as they outshot the. St. Louis Blues, 54-25. to 25. More than double. Yeah. But uh, Jordan Bennington did his best Jake Ottinger impression. Not only that, his posts made about as many saves as Darcy Kemper had to make down at the other end. Um, as He had 23 saves. I think Colorado hit five posts in this game. They are an absolute wagon. They could not be denied. So what happens as a goalie-friendly show? We know the hardest thing to do when you're a goalie is stop the puck that you can't see. And Gabriel Landeskog's screen in overtime, there was nobody in the NHL making that save. Yeah, no chance for Bennington there. And hey, Bennington's the type of guy where maybe he was the ebbs and flows of the regular season. He's not able to handle, but come playoff time, he's one of the most competitive goalies in the league. And he shows he can can, uh, really shine in big moments. And he had one hell of a game. You got to tip your cap to him, but... Like you said, the Colorado Avalanche will not be denied, especially at home. That building was absolutely electric. Russell Wilson in the building, new Denver Broncos (laughs) quarterback. Like, wait, they they were taking that game. Isn't he known for losing a big game? 
I mean, this was game one of round two. It's uh, not. Okay. It's, it's not. It's not two minutes left in the Super Bowl. You just need to run the ball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Land. And hey, that's not Russell Wilson's fault. I I blame the play caller on that. True, true. And he does he have a Super Bowl win too? Yes. Not NFL so. guys. Check out Locked On Seahawks. Or yeah, no, Locked On Broncos now. True. No doubt. Uh, man, this this team though, like this series didn't really catch my attention as much as the other three. And we got the Battle of Alberta tonight. Going to be unbelievable. That being said, like I tuned in middle of the second period and I was locked in because like this Avalanche team, yeah, you you know the high end skill that they have, but like their bottom six guys are absolutely buzzing as well. Like the Sens could do worse if, if Val Kushkin is actually available here as a free agent this off season. He is an absolute stud. I know he's a top ten pick, but it really took him a lot to get going. It took him a couple organizations to find his legs. He looks unbelievable out there he scored a goal last night uh burakovsky looked good this yeah. guy uh obey kubel had six hits he was going around buzzing uh darren helm didn't even know he's still in the league Honestly. Guy five hits in nine minutes of action they are just top to bottom a complete wagon and they've yeah. got the decor to do it uh, that's Josh what i was Manson. gonna say i think this decor is the greatest decor in the nhl like, like, I don't well, even think anyone's even, even close. Like, oh, yeah. There's no, like, all of these guys could be top four defensemen on my team any day. Yep. I agree. Yeah. And I mean, they've got, they've got a top three pick as a healthy scratch there, uh, Ryan Murray. I mean, a while ago. And is he, uh, does he play like a top three pick? Maybe not. But like him, Jack Johnson, those guys are out of the lineup. Jack Johnson's another top three pick. So they got two of them on the sidelines watching. But yeah, top to bottom, like Josh Manson, they're big. Deadline acquisition, pre-deadline. I think they got him a couple weeks before. Goal and an assist last night. Four shots, three hits. You got the winner, too, minutes. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. yeah just little, And it was sick, too. Like Takes a fake slap shot at the point. Notices that the screen is going to be tough to beat. So why hammer a clapper when you can just like pull it over and try to go more for precision? And that's what he did, man. Just a little wrist or a little laser beam. Right through. Bingo, bango, bongo. It's in the back mm. of the net. <laughs> so all that to say... They're 5-0, and and I don't see them losing anytime soon. This Colorado team, just give them the cup. They're plus 200 right now at betonline.net, and that, to me, is still good value. As long as Kemper stays healthy. Fransu's had to play in, what, one or two games in round one? Don't, it didn't matter. Against the National Predators, no offense Fair. to the Predators. If if they've got Fransu's in a seven-game series up against the Blues, or up against whoever wins Battle of Alberta if they move on, yeah. tough. So I think that's 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 the Avalanche Achilles heel, right? Is their goaltending. It has been that's been the story the last three seasons and playoffs for them. So yeah. let's hope Kemper can stay healthy because I want to see this team succeed. They they all deserve it and they've built the proper roster to succeed in the playoffs. They are by far the best team in the NHL. It's not even close. Yeah, agreed. Not even close. All right, well, we got two more games tonight. Opening series games. The Penguins are visiting. Sorry, Penguins. Oh, Penguins no, are gone. No. See ya. It is the, why am I, sorry. I'm Rangers struggling. and Hurricanes. I got you, buddy. I was in a hurricane in my mind there. <laughs> the Rangers are in Carolina tonight and Edmonton visits the Saddle Dome for the late matchup. I'm going to be watching the game of the Sen Central Citizen, Pilsy. One of our last shirts that we've put aside, Nick Anderson, our boy, is going to be coming, coming by. We're going to go out and have a pint and watch that one nice. tonight. So it's going to be a fun evening of hockey. We'll be back to break that all down. I am working on a big guest for later this week. Uh, still looking to... A guest that will be re- remain unnamed and no time guaranteed, yeah. correct? Can I give a hint? 
He's been on the show before. Okay, yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll allow that. Yes. He's been on the show before, and it was pre-YouTube, but his interview is on our big interviews playlist. That's the only hints that I'll okay. give. Uh, sick year for him as well. So we're looking forward to finding a time to bring on another guest. So it's going to be all guests, all draft coverage, all rumor mill with a bit of news sprinkled in there over the next few weeks here on Locked on Senators. We're about 50 days away from the NHL draft, so the rankings will be coming out soon, just like we've done in the last two years. For today, though, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked on Senators podcast, your team every day.